This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're looking back at a Bates record-breaking 5K run for senior men's track and field captain Ned Farrington. Plus, the swim teams combined to score the most points at the main state meet, and men's basketball remembers Billy Selman from the class of 2015, this Saturday at Alumni Gym. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. On Saturday, Bates men's track and field senior captain Ned Farrington ran the indoor 5K in 14 minutes, 21.13 seconds at the Sharon Collier Danville season opener held at Boston University, breaking a Bates school record formerly held by the late, great John Fitzgerald, which had stood since 1986. Competing against a field loaded with Division I talent, Farrington placed 11th out of 48 competitors in the field, and he is our male Bobcat of the week. Well, Ned, I mean, this school record has been around longer than I've been alive. It was set in 1986 by John Fitzgerald, and you broke it uh, this past weekend. So just, I mean, take us through the race down there in Boston, transitioning from cross-country to track season in style there. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, definitely one I've been eyeing for a while. Um, that record stood for, you know, 30-some-odd years, and I think there's been a lot of people that have had the – potential to break it and I'm just happy to be the one to do it um yeah the 5,000 meter it's it's a real distance event so um cross-country training that's geared towards developing your aerobic system your endurance um plays really well to that event um versus events like the mile and the 3k it, it can be a little bit more difficult to um you just don't have the turnover the speed in your legs to do well in those events at this point in the season so yeah, we decided the 5K was the way to go. And, you know, looking at who was going to be in my heat when the performance list came out, um, there was a lot of really talented guys from Division One schools who, you know, had just ran at the Division One National Championship. So we knew it was going to be plenty fast. So the real goal was just to get out in a good position, kind of ahead of the bell curve of the heat because there was 24 runners in it. So a lot of a lot of crowding on an indoor track. Um yeah, and it, it, basically we just wanted to click off around 34-second laps, um, cover any moves that were made, and just kind of hold on for dear life sort of. Um, similar strategy to nationals in cross-country, yeah. So a lot of Division One runners in your heat specifically. Yeah, yeah, a, a good amount of them, yeah. So is that a challenge to not like be tempted to try to chase some of them down? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that the, the – cool thing about distance running and track in general is that um, the gap between Division three and Division one isn't as um, big as maybe it is in some other sports because, mm. you know, there's the D1 programs aren't fully funded. So right. there's not the same um, kind of lure to going to a Division one program. So I think we'll often see like some D3 guys doing, you know, some incredible things against D1 competition. So, um, yeah, it's become somewhat of like a normal thing to see D3 guys there. So I, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And um, it definitely gives you a little bit of extra motivation, though, when you see someone with like ACC or Atlantic 10 on the back of their jersey because um, you want to prove to them, hey, division doesn't mean anything. Um, but, yeah, in, in general, just kind of trying to work with them to, to run fast, yeah. 
And the meet in general, ton of people there, right? I mean, how big was this meet? Yeah, I mean, Boston University puts on basically the biggest indoor track meets in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking about up the, maybe even tens of thousands of athletes at some of the, the meets they host. Maybe not this one, but right. yeah, because of that, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say there is thousands of fans, but there's at least thousands of people right. watching you because everyone's there to compete in different events throughout the day. So you get that like big, big meat feeling. Um, and yeah, you're able to compete like really well with, with lots of adrenaline versus, you know, if I compete at Bates, it's not going to be quite the same. So yeah. And then, you know, we mentioned the record, you know, John Fitzgerald, unfortunately, actually passed away this year. And um, we did a tribute to him on the Bobcast and interviewed one of his teammates. And I mean, you know, he was obviously a beloved, you know, alum here at Bates. And so, you know, it, obviously people are very, you know, pleased that you were able to break this record and kind of, it's almost kind of fitting, if you will, because it's kind of been a year where we've talked a lot about John. I mean, what does it mean to you to, to, to break this record in terms of, the, you know, the history of this program and, and you know, John specifically? Yeah, I, I think it was overall really special and I felt really honored to be able to do it. Um, I wrote a little bit on my Strava about kind of w- what it meant to me, but I think after listening to what Mark Hatch had to say on the Bobcast, I felt a lot of pride um, of in our program. And it's kind of amazing because I, I never met John, but I still feel this like connection to him because um, we have this shared experience of Bates Cross Country. And I think it just shows overall that in like Bates sports, like if you're a Bates athlete, you're whether you've met the person or not, like we're all connected because we have this very, very unique experience at a school of 2,000 people being an athlete, you know, in the same programs. Um, And, yeah, I I think, like, those guys from the 80s deserve their respect. I mean, I think what John did running 1424 with the shoes they were wearing, and I believe he did it at the Bates track in December, which is, like, going to be slower than the Boston University track. So I, I would say, like, what he did was was more impressive, but also the way the sport works is like we evolve through technology. So, um, from what I've heard about him, I I know he would be happy to see the rec- record broken. But obviously, like they do deserve some respect for what they were doing. Oh, certainly. And but we did talk about how yeah, the sport has changed a lot and times have gotten so fast because he was a national champion that year. And you think your time, which is the new record, might be good enough to get to nationals, but there's a long way to go, right? Yeah, I mean, it might not get me in. Last uh-huh. year it didn't. And, right. you know, if things come back a little bit this year, it, it could could get me in. But, you know, I said that to Coach Feldman, and he was like, do you really think the times are going to get any slower? And I was like, well, yeah, probably not. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to be in collegiate um, track right now with everything that's happening. I mean, at that meet, I watched, you know – Someone come within one second of the Division One 3K record, and then later that night after we had left, someone broke the, absolutely shattered the 5K record, mm. um, men's and women's. So it's, records get broken like every day now. It's like doesn't even feel like <laughs> a crazy thing anymore. So it's an exciting time to be in the sport, yeah. Yeah, and for you, this was a 5K, but I know you've run the 3K here at Lost Sex there. Are you going to be focusing mainly 5K, 3K going into January? What are your thoughts on that kind of? Yeah, that that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> we are l- going to play it a little bit by ear. Yeah. Um, I think depending on how the uh, training buildup goes in December, um, we'll make that decision. But right now, um, I talked to Coach, and I think we're 
leaning towards um, specializing sort of in the 3,000 so that I can kind of move up to the 5K if I need to and then bump down to the uh, mile because there is a mile leg on the distance medley relay. Oh, right, yeah. And we think we have a good shot at qualifying in that. So, yeah. Yeah, the distance medley relay, that's always um, a fun one. I mean, Bates has had a lot of success in that over the years. I mean, so you look forward to be part of that and hopefully, you know, get a team to nationals because that's always adds an extra excitement to it when you have a relay, right? Totally. I mean, Ross Tejada ran 4.15 in December. I mean, that's hardly – breaking 4.20 in de- in December is, is pretty unheard of. So we know, you know, he's going to be a really strong 1,200 leg. Jackson um, opened up with a good mile, and he's really an 800 guy. And when he gets his legs under him, he's going to be amazing. And Aiden Rooney, um, just, yeah, coming back from injury and whatnot, like – He's going to be an amazing option as well. Um, we've got some great 400 guys like Reuven right now who can fill that role. Um, so we, we have a really strong potential there. Um, just got to see how everything unfolds, yeah. You're not going to Northeastern this week probably, right? Or I am likely going down to watch, but I'm oh, not com- yeah. Uh, competing. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm taking you know a week off of running here to reset the body, and then we'll get back into it, yeah. Based on what Curse was saying, it sounds like the Northeastern me is more sprinters and throwers. It's yes, it's definitely um, a sprint throw emphasized meet. Um, I think generally the only meet distance runners tend to compete in in December is the opener because yeah. they'll just train through cross country. But um, anyone, any distance runner that ran at that meet is probably taking time off right yeah. now as well um, to get ready for indoors. So yeah, definitely, definitely not a distance meet. So get so get to watch some of your teammates. What are you excited to see? Oh, gosh. I'm excited to see everything. Um, <laughs> I think I'm really excited to see uh, the 60. I think mm. Kevin O'Connor's going to open up huge. Um, the competition's incredible. They're going to be competing against Harvard and um, Northeastern and other Division One schools, so we'll see how he stacks up against them. Uh, super excited to see um, weight and shot put. Uh, we have some incredible freshmen, and I know James Guiney's had some insane weight throws in practice. Um, so just hoping one of his six throws goes that far and he gets a really good mark on the board. Yeah, those are my highlights for sure. Excellent. Then um, you obviously are a cross-country captain and now moving into track and fields, you'll be a captain again and joined by a few others, right, like Kevin O'Connor. What's that group like of captains? Yeah, it's great because right now we have Kevin, who's um, a sprinter, and then we got James, who's a thrower, and then uh, me as the distance captain. Yeah. And uh, good representation of all three groups, and we're all great friends so um you know we we're doing a lot of stuff to try to you know get um the culture even better than it already is like we started sending out a little newsletter to the team every Sunday evening just recapping events because track it could sometimes be easy to lose sight of like what other event groups are doing so trying to really emphasize emphasize the cohesion between event groups and um but yeah I'm I'm Really stoked to be working with them. Yeah, and we touched on a few of the um, performances from the weekend, but who else competed this weekend besides yourself? And what do you see from them? Yeah, we we had um, Jackson and Ross in the mile yep. at BU, and then um, Miles, Nikhil, and Nat in the mile over at the Suffolk meet at right. the other banked track, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about a mile down the road. Um, yeah, and then we had Ben Huston and Sam Cartsonis in the five thousand, and pretty much everybody opened with strong times I I think like some of them probably aren't super thrilled with um you know what they put up but I think like um a lot of them it's kind of 
they're sort of rust busting, right? Yeah. So they they need that race under their belt to run faster in a few weeks. And then, of course, we on the women's side, we had Chrissy go yeah. top 10 in the 3,000. Um, it was really cool because she's usually like 15 mile, but she used that cross-country strength and put up an incredible time. That's like number four in the country right now um, in the 3K. So who knows? She might just sneak into nationals with that, even though she's a miler. So, yeah, that was really impressive to see as well. Yeah, we saw her get to nationals last year in outdoor season, I believe. Um, and so hopefully we can see her in indoors this year. But, uh, yeah, Ned, any other thoughts you want to share on this uh, past weekend? And, you know, now do you get any break? It sounds like you get a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, we get a few days. Yeah, yeah so I'll, I'll take a few days. But, um, honestly, I, I don't really like taking off time. I, yeah. I Running is, you know, the best escape from um, – finals week and all that work so it kind of kind of stinks not being able to do that right now but it's a necessary evil and um now i'm just super excited to get back into uh track training and you know show up to practice every day with my best friends yeah <laughs> excellent well, ned Farrington, our male bobcat of the week and the new bates men's track and field record holder in the indoor 5k thanks so much for joining the bobcats really appreciate it thank you thank you Bates women's track and field senior Chrissy Amon also turned in a strong performance at BU on Saturday, competing in the 3K and crossing the finish line in 9 minutes, 56.93 seconds, the seventh fastest mark in program history. Well, Chrissy, I mean, that was the first time you'd ever run the 3,000 meters. I was looking in the indoor for Bates, at least. I was looking through your history there on the on the website. So um, take us through the race and obviously, you know, top 10 list of good way to start the season, right? It was. I, yeah, like you said, it was my first 3K. I was pretty nervous out of run the 3k steeple which is you know very different obviously so I felt like I wasn't really sure how it was going to go um I was so nervous beforehand and then the first mile felt pretty good um felt pretty comfortable and then I kind of got (laughs) a little distracted um usually during the mile it's so quick that you can't really focus on the pain that much but after I got through that mile I was like wow I have to do this again like (laughs) that's kind of tough um and I was trying to think of anything to you know distract me which wasn't really happening but then you know you get four laps to go and (laughs) you kind of just sprinted in but yeah it was it was a tough race but um it was definitely a good result, so I can't complain. <laughs> and I know, um, you know, at that meet in particular, there's a lot of runners from all over the country, Division One runners, unaffiliated runners who are competing as well. So what's it like to be with that, you know, large group of competitors uh, from all sorts of schools? It's honestly so amazing because, I mean, first of all, at BU, you know, the track itself and the other runners are going to get you to a fast pace, but it's also just incredible. You know, I watched... Parker Valby set the in the NCAA record in the 5K. Uh, like 10 minutes before I raced, I watched um, someone run like an 840 in the 3K, which was crazy. So it was really cool just, you know, as someone who's like a fan of running to be able to spectate races like that. But it's also really amazing to, you know, be competing against people who are that good. And do you think that 3K is going to be an event you're going to be focused on this winter or some other events as well, perhaps? Um... I wouldn't say that it was my favorite race of all time. I definitely liked it way better than, you know, like a 6K, for example. Um, So I I would definitely try it again. I wouldn't say it's going to be my focus for the season, but I think it's something I could definitely improve on. Do you see yourself as more of a miler? Is that? Yeah, Yeah. In high school, I was mostly 800, 400, and then I ran 
like one or two miles like at the end of my junior season and I was like oh this is kind of fun you know the 400 was brutal so it was kind of a nice alternative to you know sprinting and then you know pretty much dying at the end (laughs) great and then um you know this being the season opening meet you know Bates only seen a few athletes down there but what was it like to see some of your teammates also compete it was amazing. Watching Ned run that 5K was just incredible. I mean, obviously, he'd had an amazing cross-country season, so it wasn't a surprise at all. But I think having people like that on the team really raises the bar for me. It makes me want to, uh, you know, keep training just so I can compete on that kind of level. Well, I'm glad you brought up cross-country because we actually haven't had you on since the cross-country nationals. We had everyone on beforehand, but I mean, I understand that course was very difficult. Um, what was it like from your perspective, you know, competing there, um, in, you know, at that big, large high school course there in Pennsylvania? Well, I mean, it was really cool to go to nationals. Um, I really kind of I didn't have fun in that race, <laughs> to be quite honest. I was, I'm, I knew going in. I probably said it last time I was right. on here um, that I'm not a hill runner at all. So I knew that it was going to be a tough day for me, and it it really was. Like I think it's one of those things that you can't really, you know, imagine how much pain you're going to be in until you're actually in it. And I remember getting to the last hill and it was so steep and I was like okay last hill ever and then just got absolutely demolished on it I at the top checked to make sure that I wasn't in dead last because (laughs) I wasn't sure that I I was pretty much walking up that hill so I was like very well could have been passed by everyone in the field but you know it was great to have some good competition I think it was a fun little team trip at the very least. So, Well, as you said before, you don't necessarily enjoy cross-country, but you enjoy the team dynamic of it, right? Yeah, I think that's really the only thing that got me through the season, to be honest. Um, I mean, cross-country races for me are kind of a, just long and painful. Um, so if, I think I probably wouldn't... F- have finished like half the races I was in if I didn't have my teammates there getting me through it. So, so you're very happy for track season is what you're saying, basically. I'm very <laughs> excited for track season. No hills or anything like that. So. No hills, just the bank track, which actually helps you not, <laughs> not make me, you know, slow down to basically walk. Excellent. Then I know the team will send a few different runners down to Northeastern uh, this weekend. Um, Ned said the distance runners like yourself probably won't be going, right? Is that... Fair. Yeah, I think all of us are either taking time off or getting yeah. back into base training, so I don't think anyone's going up to that. But I'm definitely excited to see how our sprinters do. I mean, I've been watching them train, you know. So I think I expect the good things, and I'm excited to see how everyone does. So, yeah, you do get for yourself a little bit of a layoff in terms of competitions until January. And so how do you kind of – uh, maintain your, your sharpness heading into the seat, the primary part of the season coming up after the new year? Well, the winter's always hard for me. Mm. I hate the cold. So <laughs> um, I usually run a lot on the treadmill, which people hate on me for, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever gets me out the door, honestly. Um, so yeah, I usually try and do a nice little like build phase for the first like month or so of break and then get back into doing workouts when I come back especially I don't like doing workouts alone so (laughs) I mostly just do like training base throughout the winter but 
I'll tr- uh, maybe I'll try a couple workouts. <laughs> Excellent. I understand you're, you're had a, you've had a busy day. Uh, you're working on your thesis. Uh, how's that going in terms of, you got the poster done, it sounds like? I did get the yeah. poster done. I was having, I should have been doing stuff at the meet because I, I messed up and thought my final draft was due this Friday. It's actually due next Friday. So oh. I was at the meet telling everyone I had to write 18 pages in the next day. And everyone looked really concerned, <laughs> which they should have right, been. Right, right. <laughs> but now now I, I'm in a much better place. I wrote like 10 pages Sunday because I thought I had to. And, you know, now I can kind of coast on that. Well, that, that has to be a good feeling. It's like you thought you had all this stuff to write. Oh, I actually have an extra week. It, it was nice. Yeah. I was also kind of kicking myself because I was like, who messes that up? Like, that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty tough thing to miss. But, you know, I I guess a happy accident. What's your thesis on? Um, I'm looking at the effect of eviction moratoriums on consumption and COVID deaths. Oh, yeah. Very timely, certainly. Yeah. And so a lot of uh, current, I mean, that research is probably still ongoing in terms of like just in general sort of, right, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty understudied topic mm-hmm. so far. So I'm hoping to add a little bit to the literature, but... You know, not that anyone's ever going to actually read it, but <laughs> it's a nice thought. <laughs> well, I mean, you have thoughts you wanted to share on this past weekend, uh, the first meet of the year and a great way to start, right? Yeah. I just wanted to say I'm so proud of how everyone did at this meet, and I'm excited to see what everyone else can do in the upcoming season. Excellent. Well, Chrissy, uh, now on the top 10 list in the Bates history and the 3,000 meters, great way to start the year. Thanks so much for joining the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. In the pool, the Bobcats took home the combined points tied at the main state meet held Friday and Saturday at Colby College. There were state champions all over the place for Bates, and the complete results can be found at GoBatesBobcats.com. But our female Bobcat of the Week is senior captain Julia Johnson, who did not win a state title, but did turn in what head coach Peter Casares called her best meet since sophomore year, placing second out of 22 swimmers in the 1,650-yard freestyle in 17 minutes, 40.84 seconds, and also scoring points for Bates in the 200-yard breaststroke, the 500-yard freestyle, and the 400-yard IM. Well, I actually got into swimming because my parents put me in sail camp when I was about seven, and part of being on the like the sail camp thing was being on the swim team at like the club that we were at. And I hated sailing, but I loved the swimming part of it, so I stuck with that. And then Cleveland is where I'm from, actually has a really big swimming world, especially high school. It's super competitive. I still think that the Ohio High School State Meet is one of the most competitive meets I've ever swam at. And I just knew that I wanted to go somewhere that was really competitive in their conference, but also had a really close team that just loved swimming. And I think that's what drew me to Bates. And obviously, Peter Casares is a great coach. And like, I really hit it off with him when I was doing the recruiting. So I think that's what really drew me to Bates. Excellent. Now you're a captain. So what's it like being one of the leaders? Definitely a weird switch because it goes from just being everyone's friend to also a leadership position where you sometimes you kind of have to like put your foot down, which can be hard. But overall, I feel like it's been a really rewarding experience so far. And it's also kind of cool to get to lead the team in the direction that I want it to go in and like kind of just see how things go. You do a variety of events. I know you're um, you've made the top 10 list in some distance events. So what makes distance events kind of maybe your best perhaps? Well, I'm kind of just good at holding the same speed over and over again. I've always said I might not be the fastest in the pool, but I'm probably the most consistent overall. So I think that's what draws me to the distance events. But then my whole family kind of just has that endurance outlook. Like my mom runs marathons. My brother did crew. So I think we've all just kind of 
grew fond of the endurance events. And then I know you have a fellow distance swimmer also from Ohio mm-hmm. on the team. What's that like, Stephanie Tropper? It's kind of cool representing the 216. I mean, we always joke about it before the mile. We're like, for Cleveland. So that's really fun. Um, I've She's probably my main training partner, so it's really great that we have similar backgrounds and we grew up in swimming in a similar way and we like can talk about coaches that we've both had and joke about that so I love having her on the team with me and you've got the chance during your time at base to compete at the national level at NCAAs what have those experiences been like for you I mean that was an extremely cool experience it was kind of long ago now at this point (laughs) but (laughs) getting to travel to Indiana with the team and being so committed to something just like I know it's a really cool experience and I feel really lucky that I got to be part of a small group that experienced that and fingers crossed I get to go again but um I know that like you get all the cool merch and you're just like on such a big stage with the best people in division three and it's a big honor I think let's talk about this uh, meet this past weekend Mm -hmm. a two-day meet right there at Colby and the the teams won the combined uh, points title there as a captain what do you see from yourself and your fellow uh, swimmers Well, at the end of the day, I think I saw a lot of people that loved swimming and loved each other because when there's a red cap in the pool, the whole team is by the side of the pool cheering them on. And I think that's a huge part of our success is that we're really there for each other and we support one another. And we're there to show the other main teams that we're the best. Excellent. Any particular events stand out to you? Our women's 200 medley relay was an awesome swim. They brought home a win for Bates and... It's also really fun when you get to see a relay with upperclassmen and underclassmen because you just get to see how deep the team team is and how important every grade is. And then also the mile will always stick with me because I got to swim that with Steph and then our other training buddy, Cora. So having all three of us in the final heat, scoring big points is always an exciting thing. Head coach Peter Casares told me that he was really impressed with you in particular in terms of the work you've been putting in, the results you turned in there. What's been clicking for you in the pool recently? Well, we've just been swimming a lot of yards at the end of the day, like compared to the past two seasons that we've had. So I think we're just actually seeing that payoff, which is really nice. I mean, we're swimming like 50,000 yards a week, which is a lot. And then also just focusing on little things. Like I've been focusing on my off the walls and all that sort of stuff just to get an extra edge up on the competition and longer events like that where stuff really adds up. Terrific. And then uh, you did do a variety of different events, not just the distance. So Mm -hmm. tell me about some of the other events you did that maybe you don't normally do perhaps. Yeah. So I swam some IM events and some shorter events, which is usually not in my wheelhouse, but we've been training a little bit of IM mixed in there just because so much distance freestyle can get boring. So I honestly just do it to make swim meets more fun and not so monotonous. Yeah, it's just to make things more exciting so I'm not just swimming back and forth freestyle the whole time. Excellent. I know you've got a training trip coming up, Mm -hmm. right, which is an annual event for bait swimming. Um, What what do you like most about it? Um, Because I know a lot of swimmers really look forward to it every year. I mean, being in Florida in December is kind of hard to beat because you're going from the main snow to, like, 85 and sunny, so that's always awesome. And then I also think it's a great opportunity for the team to really mix because The freshmen, obviously, we love them, but we don't know them as well as everybody else just because they're newer. So it's a really great opportunity because all the rooms are mixed up by grades and everything. And we do this thing called mix-up dinners where you literally just, like, randomly assign people to groups and you go out for the night together. And, like, it's just a great opportunity for the team to bond and get to know each other better. And the roster size, you know, it's over 20 athletes for each team. And so as a captain, how do you try to create those team bonding opportunities throughout the year, perhaps? 
Well, we try and have a lot of activities in the beginning of the year, like apple picking and stuff like that, and a scavenger hunt uh, across campus. So we try and do that to make all the teams welcome. And then it's also just like sitting with them at meals at Commons and just, you know, not just latching on to one person and just like, oh, you know, I might not think I have something in common with the freshman girl, but like, look at that. We're share we, we share a professor and we can talk about that and just like stuff like that where you can find little things to bond over, which I think really helps. Great. So as a senior, what are you studying here at Bates? I'm a psychology major. Excellent. Yeah. And where do you hope to take that kind of? Um, eventually down the lines, I love to be like a ch children's counselor or a fa family counselor for families with kids with special needs because I have some connection to that with my family. So that's the end goal. I'm not totally sure how I'm going to get there yet. Probably do some work in schools and stuff like that, but still trying to figure that out for sure. Great. And how do you kind of hope to finish off your collegiate uh, swimming career strong here and move into next semester? Yeah, I hope to see some best times maybe. I mean... I'd love to see Bates do well at NESCAC's finish, higher than we did last year, get a big team to NCAAs, fingers crossed, like, I don't know, all the, that sort of stuff where it's just like, I like to see this team successful because I love this team, you know. Great. What are your thoughts you want to share on the Maine State meet this past week and we haven't got to talk about yet? I think the Bobcats have been putting in a lot of hard work in the pool and this meet was showing it's going to pay off and especially because we didn't rest for this meet I think we're only going to get faster as the season progresses and I'm really excited for NESCACs. Sounds good Julia Johnson female Bobcat of the week thanks so much. Thank you. On the men's team senior Will Dewey had a breakthrough meet achieving lifetime best in six different events. He helped the Bobcats win the state title in the 400 yard freestyle relay. Pretty good for a guy who wasn't even recruited by Bates out of high school. Well, Will, I mean, you're a senior now, but take us back to when you were a first year here at Bates. You decided to walk on to the swim team, so you weren't recruited for swimming. How did that process go for you? Well, essentially, when I was swimming in high school, I wanted to uh, join a school that, you know, I had an opportunity to be on a team with because I really loved, like, the team atmosphere and especially just the sport of swimming overall. So I had contacted PC during my senior season after I applied ED, just letting him know, you know, I was interested in joining. And he said, you know, we don't have spots right now, but we'll see how this season goes. And, you know, we'll, we'll have a spot for you if you do well, essentially. Excellent. So um, what made Bates kind of a place you wanted to go to, you know, applying without necessarily having those contacts in terms of the coaches and whatnot? Well, I love Maine. Like, I have, like, some uh, relatives out here. So I really like the state and just what it has, you know, ocean, mountains. Like, I love the nature part. And I also just... I really like the school. Like when I when I toured, I really liked the the atmosphere of the school, and it seemed like a really tight knit community with great people. Yeah, you mentioned um, you know, there was not a spot for you initially, but there was also no season your first year. Yeah, right? that's they, correct. They didn't have a season, so how did that go? I mean, how did you work your way onto the team when there really wasn't a chance necessarily to maybe even connect with the coaches that much? Yeah, I had talked to PC as soon as I finished up my senior season. Yeah. And he essentially said, you know, there's a spot for you. Like join join the team. And even though it was COVID and it was a rough year. It was really still great being a part of a team and doing what we could at the time, you know, just getting together, getting in practices, even if they were a little bit, you know, stranger than normal. So this past weekend, lifetime best, I think six different events for you. Um, what's been working so well in the pool and, you know, for you, especially this year, I guess, early on? I think it, it really is just training with people that I love and like, you know, people that work hard. It's like such a great atmosphere on the team. All the guys, all the new freshmen, everybody is just in there. They're dedicated. They're showing up. You know, every time I'm swimming with them, it's, it's a good time. So I really do think it's just 
it's not just my mindset in the pool. It's the whole team. And that just drives everybody to do well. Like it wasn't just me doing well this, this weekend. We had so many people just going off, you know? Yeah, because Peter said, you know, the train's been really difficult recently. There wasn't any, like, taper or rest before this. And so what's that like, you know, you know, putting those hours in the pool? I mean, you're just coming from practice right now, even. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has, it's been a lot, you know. We've been uh, in the gym quite a bit, you know, doing explosive training in the pool, like lots of yardage. But I think with that, you know, we did work really hard before this meet, but that also made it so it was, like, less pressure, you know. It was kind of just get into the pool see what you can do, leave it all out there. And that, that also just provides an atmosphere to really excel. So of all the races you were involved in, and there were a bunch this past weekend, what was your favorite? It definitely was the 400 free relay. Just the energy was insane. You know, I was there with three of my favorite teammates. We were just getting behind the blocks, getting extremely pumped up. And it was just like a time to, you know, go off. And also just catching that W was so much fun. And yeah, definitely one of the best races, best events I've had just throughout my swim career. Excellent. Uh, what's the senior class like? You're one of them. Uh, what's this group like this year? It's a great group, yeah. you know, very diverse. Um, lots of distance swimmers on the men's side, and then we've got a couple sprinters. And, you know, it is. It's just it's a very diverse group, but it's, you know, we all bring something to the table. How did you first get interested in swimming competitively? Because, you know, people learn to swim when they're a kid, but, you know, it takes another level to actually want to compete against people in the, in the, in the, you know, in the sport. So what was it like for you getting involved from a competitive standpoint? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was essentially kind of forced into it because <laughs> my dad is a swim coach. Oh, okay. So, you know, I was swimming ever since I was born, essentially. You know, I was thrown in the pool as a baby. And I think around age six, I joined a competitive team that my dad was coaching and joined varsity in seventh grade and then did that throughout high school and it's always been something that that I've loved even though it was you know I was kind of forced into it <laughs> so how does your uh, maybe dad compare as a coach with uh Peter here at Bates <laughs> um that's a hard comparison to make I think I mean my dad is definitely a lot stricter I okay. think I mean but that also might be because he was my dad right but, right right you know it's yeah it's a hard comparison to make <laughs> Is there a lot more training at college level, or were you putting in this type of hours in high school also? Actually, back in high school, I would say club training was more intense. Oh, wow. Okay. But I will say it's a very different form of training. Like, mm-hmm. right now, it's a lot more, like, lifting, power-based. And I think right now, just considering where I'm at, I think it's more effective, especially focusing on sprint. I know we have the training trip coming up uh, this month, uh, and I know that's often a favorite of the swim team. What do you get most out of it? It's just It's just a week of fun, you yeah. know. It's a lot of intense training and you know we're beating the crap out of each other in the pool out of the pool but then we have this time to just hang out on the beach you know go grab food go surfing kind of do whatever and it, the weather's always great you know get stung by a few jellyfish but it's a good time and you're, and you're training outdoors i mean yeah. yeah and that's a little bit different i imagine i mean how does that change things in the pool when you're outdoors as opposed to indoors i guess swimming outdoors is just so much more enjoyable yeah yeah because you know fresh air yeah the sun you're just like it's it's incomparable and then do you have any goals in your mind uh, when you get back in january in terms of you know the meets we have coming up and you know you know going to nascax and so on and so forth yeah for sure i mean i just want to you know i want to have the best season of my life and i want to just keep moving forward see what happens keep a positive mentality throughout it and motivate my teammates and keep working hard great well any other thoughts you want to share on the meet this past weekend we haven't got to talk about yet I was taking these supplements. It was a, a beet powder supplement okay. that uh, Max Corey, who's like the fastest sprinter on our team, he's been taking it. He gave it to me, and I don't know if it was placebo, but <laughs> I mean, it, it really made me feel like I had some superpowers, and 
I, I might have to attribute how I swam to that. And those were all cleared, I assume, by uh, oh, sports Oh, yeah. It's, it's, all it is is just freeze-dried beats ground up. Freeze-dried beats. Yeah, that's mix the key. it with water. Yep, I think it's that's like, the key. It's like Popeye with spinach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Will, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Congrats again on a great meet there at Colby. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This Saturday, the Bates basketball teams will host games at Alumni Gym. Led by reigning Maine co-player of the week, Morgan Kennedy, the women's basketball team is 6-1 on the year following a loss at Bowdoin on Monday. They play at Colby on Wednesday and host the University of New England Saturday at 1 p.m. Then the men's basketball team plays Colby at 3.30. Before the men's game, Bates will honor the late Billy Selman from the class of 2015. Selman's family and teammates will be in attendance. And head coach John Furbush joins the Bobcats this week to talk about what Billy meant to him. We've, um, over the last few months, been talking with uh, with our alums and the family about, you know, honoring them properly. And, and, and ironically, uh, they, they've all come to the terms of the fact that he really didn't like Colby. So they, they wanted to... Uh, <laughs> They, they wanted to do this around a Colby game so that all these guys came back and see us play against our rival and thought that would be a great way to honor Billy. And obviously, um, his wife Hillary played basketball here, so they wanted to also try to do it around a doubleheader. So the women play UNE before us, so it just made sense to pick this December 9th date to honor Billy properly. And then Billy was from Georgia, and neither of his parents went to Bates. And, you know, we get we don't get a ton of kids from Georgia here. So when you were recruiting him, how did he end up coming to Bates? Yeah, we uh, we saw him at an event um, in the in the spring of 2009. And then we got him up here through an admissions program called Prologue. So he flew up from Atlanta with his mom and in the fall of 2010, worked out with our guys. And although I couldn't be there per the NCAA rules, I got the sense that he was playing pretty good against our current team so um, that's when we, we put the full court press on him and, and thankfully he decided to come from Atlanta Georgia to Lewiston Maine and he was a senior captain the year the Bobcats went to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA Division 3 tournament what are some of your favorite memories associated with that year specifically involving Billy yeah I mean honestly the, the there's three that stick out when you ask me that question the first is um, our first game that year we were at a tournament at Babson against Nichols College and we were coming off a really tough season with almost the same exact team and we were down 15 in the second half we we scratched and clawed back and Billy hit a three with about 20 seconds left to take the lead um and and for me the fact that he was willing to take that shot which is something he hadn't done for three years and then made it just gave him this boost of confidence so he kind of kick-started that season off with a big win uh with, with a late shot and then midway through the season we had toughs at home and if you youtube this it's one of the greatest in-game dunks I've ever seen um uh, he he he's a six two guard. There was a six nine rim protector named Tom Paleshi for Tufts that just I think he was leading the nation in blocks at the time. And Billy kind of had a one on one situation, and, and he went up. And for three years he had gone up a little bit soft and like threw up this layup. And uh, he just decided I'm going to dunk it on this guy. And and I had like an outer body experience as a coach, not just because it was a big moment for us, but the fact that he he made a big play and all the all the coaching and the hard conversations really came through to him in that moment. Um, and he made he made an incredible play at an incredible time. And then on senior day in his senior year, we were just having a tough game against Hamilton. We were undefeated at home. I think there was like an eight-second difference, game clock, shot clock. They had the ball. And I'm like, all right, we're just going to try to get a stop. And he, he had a, a, an incredible steal in, in just a situation where it, things did not look good and laid it in, and we won the game. So, um, And then obviously went on the NCAA tournament, and he was always guarding the, the opponent's best player and just – you know, was an incredible player on both sides of the ball for, for, for all four years, but especially that final year. 
And then what does it mean to have literally the entire team, um, the Del Pesciwins are in Europe, but the entire team coming back for this? Well, I just think it speaks volumes about who he was um, and what he meant to everybody. And I think, but I also, the, you know, we've always stressed the importance of culture and connectivity and relationship building. And, uh, you know, in times, uh, you know, we, we, something I always preach in, in when I coach these guys is that it's easy to be friends when it's 70 and sunny and things are going well, but you find out about, you know, the people you're around when you have uh, hard times. And obviously this has been a really challenging time for myself and the program and, and a lot of his teammates. And the fact that all these guys are dropping everything they're doing in their, in their world to come back and be part of this, I think just speaks volumes about uh, the connectivity of our, of our former players. And, and hopefully this will impact the, the current guys in the program. Well, and you mentioned his wife played basketball here as well. And so the women's basketball team is kind of connected to this also. So really it's all of Bates basketball, right? Yeah, which is, which is great. Um, and, and I think it's just uh, – you know, to be part of this program, both men's or women's program, I think is is invaluable. And I think the 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 more that our current teams see the connectivity from the prior players, I think it just makes them appreciate their experience even more. Yeah, I was going to follow up with that. You know, the current team. You know, what do you think they'll get from seeing you know this ceremony and also the events we're going to have afterwards? Also, yeah, I just think it'll it'll show like you know, there's times where I talk about former players and and I've been doing this long enough now that like I realized my current team has no idea who guys were from 10 years ago so I think to get them back and to to meet the team and and spend some time with them I think it'll it'll just remind our current players of of how special this experience is to be a college basketball player and and more specifically at Bates so um, I just think it'll enhance the gratitude that both men's and women's players have for you know being here and be a part of something special and, and I think it's it's a great way to sort of end the first semester and, and get people motivated for the, the NESCAC season. Great. What are your thoughts you want to share on, you know, on Billy and on the, the event we have coming up here on Saturday? Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm super uh, grateful that his parents are flying up from Atlanta and that, and that his, his wife and, and daughter are coming down from Bangor, Maine to, uh, to be part of this. And, and, you know, we really want to make sure that um, we're, we're, we're honoring him in, in a positive way. I think everyone's gone through that grieving process and we want to make sure that now we're, we're telling funny stories and and, uh, and representing Billy for who he was and what he would want us to remember him for. So I'm excited to be part of it. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Next week's episode of the Bobcast will be our final one of the calendar year, and we'll recap the Joe Donahue games for track and field and give everyone an update on where the basketball teams stand heading into the holiday break. Make sure you stick with GoBatesBobcats.com for all the latest Bates Athletics news, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bobcast.